No mai, haere mai. Welcome to the Maxim Institute podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm the communications manager at Maxim Institute. This is our weekly short-form podcast. These podcasts are released in tandem with our weekly column and are a chance for you to hear in-depth from the column's author about some of the thinking that went into producing their final piece. Today we talk to Executive Director Tim Wilson about his latest column. Tim, welcome along to the podcast. Good to have you back with us. Great to be here. We're talking about your recent column to the new government. Please, let's not abuse urgency. So you've written this open letter opinion thing and you're... Well, it's some observations. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so, so not but, not yeah. so much a, a directive, but uh, some no. observations and some advice, which I think they would be wise to, to take. Um, and you throw back to unprecedented and mm. the pandemic and and the response, and you make the point that um, rules were ignored in our country um, through the use of urgency. Do you want to just unpack that a little bit for us? Sure, sure. And what we're talking about with urgency is parliamentary urgency, which means that the select committee process is truncated, there's less time to debate, Mm. et cetera. Not so much feedback from the public. Correct, not so much feedback from the public, not so much time of contesting uh, legislation within parliament. Uh, It's just like, let's... Uh, we've, we've got to get this through. Look, there was a law um, passed in the last session uh, in two hours. Wow. Which from, is, from go to woe. Go to woe. Yeah. Now, that was one that I think had had pretty across the throughout the House support. But um, the context for this is, as uh, Sir Geoffrey Palmer has observed, that uh, New Zealand has the fastest laws in the West. Yeah. And when you come to legislation, you want it to be deliberative, yeah. not reactive. Yeah, and that's not, the in, in terms of law, the yeah. fastest law in the West is not a good thing. Yeah, it's great if you're a sheriff <laughs> yeah, uh, and you've right. got a six gun, you've got the fastest gun in the West. Yeah. But fastest law may be not so, yeah. not so helpful. And well, and you also made the point that that this word urgency is mm. creeping back into our language um, even this close after the election. We've stu- yeah. we've got urgent health care, health system health, problems. Health system, yeah. um, edu- results in education, yeah. the economy. All, all um, urgent problems. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of grant licence to use parliamentary urgency to fix these urgent problems, but you caution yeah. against that. Well, I think, I think language is formative. Mm. So when you say, oh, look, we've got an urgent situation, we need to address it quickly. Mm. Uh, we don't have time. Yeah. Just, no, I'm sorry, we don't have time to... To, um, to do to to deliberate, we've just got to react. I, mm. I think actually culturally, in our country, it is uh, there's a bit of an issue with um, deliberation. We're not great. No, I don't know if how many times you've heard, "Don't overthink it." Yeah, um, go with your gut. Yeah, well, go of, with yeah. your gut. Let's just let's just solve this problem. Yeah. Well, solving this problem may create an, a, a raft of other problems mm. further down the road. So let's um, let's be aware that what we do has consequences. Yeah. Language has consequences. Yeah. Ideas have consequences. Mm. Ideas are weighed uh, in uh, in the scales of law. So let's let's be careful as we do it. Mm. Mm. And so, and let's not let's not annoy people yeah. by by not actually appealing to them through mm. the select committee process yeah. and kind of steamrolling over the top and saying, yep. "Look, we know best." And 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 mm. there's that av- discussion averse kind of culture, right? Mm. In, in that mm. we don't want to always have the hard conversations. We just want to. Well, no, because again, and this is a cultural thing uh, for Aotearoa New Zealand, mm. is that we like to rush to consensus. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how many times you've been <laughs> in the situation where you'll offer. 
perhaps a somewhat controversial view and and say it uh, you know when you're out at dinner with some mates mm. and everyone will go to sort of find the middle ground where we all yeah. agree yeah. no we don't have to agree yeah, we can yeah. disagree agreeably yeah, he winks right. yeah. um <laughs> But but we're actually not that good at that, and mm. I think in part that's because we're um, it's because of some of our virtues, which is that we're a small country, mm. where we are um, quite tightly interconnected, yes, uh, and we don't want to upset each other. Mm. Mm. But we need to be able to transact uh, idea disputes mm. and differing worldviews in a way that allows us to still do it rather than avoid the hard conversations. Yeah. So please don't agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I won't start that sentence with yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then in that case, how can we slow things down and, and be more conducive to this conversation? I mean, part of it you you point out is there's not a, an absolute majority for one party yeah. at this point so there's yeah, more this, politicking I think, and- I think the electoral landscape or the representative representational landscape mm. is different to what it was uh, in the last um, the last term mm. uh, of, of the government where there was a, almost a first past well not almost absolutely a first past the post majority yeah. for labor um, in this uh, environment uh, they're going to have to cobble together um, Possibly three yeah. quite different, um, quite different parties and very mm. different personalities. So I think there's there's that impediment. They can't yeah. just say, "Okay, caucus says let's make it happen." Yeah. Uh, the other aspect of this is that um, uh, both Chris Bishop from uh, National and David Seymour have spoken out in 2021 about what they saw as the overuse of urgency. Mm. However. Um, it's this, been a problem not just for one for, for the left exactly. side. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And um, I think in some senses it is uh, it is uh, an issue when you've got um, situations that are dynamic. And and uh, I'm referring back to uh, national used urgency a lot, um, and so much so that Grant Robertson and national leaning um, blogger and pollster David Farrer. Um, Put out something together, mm. saying, "Hey, you guys are doing this too much." Yeah, and the 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 reason for that, the rationale at that time, was the Christchurch earthquake. Yeah. Um, now, I hear that, and yeah. I understand that uh, during a crisis, you do have to respond, but. A crisis is also the time to observe the rules. Mm. Rules are created for a crisis in they many are, ways, because right? Because they're yeah. actually the means by which we retain our values in a mm. crisis situation, mm. and. A I've started my column by going back to the use of um, the overuse of the word unprecedented during yeah. the pandemic. Now, there yeah. was some validity in that, but it was used then to legitimize unprecedented responses. Mm. I was like, oh, it's unprecedented. So we should, we should absolutely. <laughs> we need an unprecedented response. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and the mandate uh, legislation, mm. uh, which, um, which uh, one academic called a constitutional disgrace. Yeah. Uh, it was passed under urgency mm. and it divided the country into essentially two classes. Mm. Uh, it was not only a constitutional but a moral disgrace. Mm. Mm. So if we want to, uh, I guess, get back on track a little bit, we need to lower. I saw what you did. Yes. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you picked up what I was laying down there, mate. Um, we we need to lower the use Jason, of it. I'm in it for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, well, Tim, uh, great advice in uh, helping us to navigate this uh, this urgency and and not mm. urgency. Um, 
following the rules, slowing down, mm. having more conversation, yeah. uh, doing the work that needs to be done in mm. terms of bringing consensus, all uh, good advice. Let's hope that these political parties actually take heed and listen. I'm eternally optimistic, Jason. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Thank you. To the new government, please, let's not abuse urgency. Remember the word unprecedented? It was deployed during the pandemic with some validity. The virus moved quickly. Countries were caught out, death tolls mounted. Because the threat posed by COVID-19 was, quote-unquote, unprecedented, though historically pandemics have occurred, the most deadly in recent memory being the 1918 Spanish flu, the response to that crisis then had to be the same, which often produced problems. Rules were bent. In our own country, they were ignored. The legislation for vaccine mandates was passed under urgency in a move that academic Dr. Dean Knight described as, quote, a constitutional disgrace. Division deepened, polarisation increased. In some sense, this election result has been a referendum on the COVID response. The Labour government started to consistently poll beneath National in early 2022, the time of the parliamentary protests. And with the election over, but the government still to be decided, some are already saying that the issues our nation faces are urgent. A troubled health system, the faltering economy, education results falling. Given our experience with the ramifications of unprecedented, Chris Luxon's new as yet unformed government needs to beware of such talk. Because apparently urgent issues can legitimise urgent responses and invoke the spectre of urgency. The use of parliamentary urgency means contracting the usual democratic process of select committee hearings and readings, reducing the input and consideration legislation receives. The departing Labour government passed many laws under urgency in its final months in power, including the controversial Three Waters legislation. One rationale? Cyclone Gabrielle. But fast laws are often poor laws. Sir Geoffrey Palmer once noted that this nation has the, quote, fastest law in the West, meaning that they were passed too quickly and without adequate oversight. The abuse of urgency only compounds the structural issue. On a positive note, Chris Luxon's government won't have the FPP-style absolute majority of the previous one. And both Nationals Chris Bishop and Axe David Seymour spoke out in 2021 about what they saw as an abuse of urgency. But it's long been an historic temptation for both sides of politics. In 2011, Grant Robertson and pollster and national-leaning blogger David Farah joined forces to complain about the then national government's abuse of urgency. The justification given for that was the Christchurch earthquake. Ultimately, this issue is about rebuilding trust. Trust in government in our nation has declined as it has done in other Western democracies. This decline has become more precipitous in the years following the COVID response. Some may see this as a new era of government, what we're seeing now, but history is always helpful when contemplating the present. At Maxim, we have our own list of initiatives we'd like to see from the new government, including a recalibration of teacher training and the creation of an AI unit in the Prime Minister's office. But we'd hate to see urgency abused to make that happen. Our needs may be urgent. Urgency isn't the answer. This is a time to follow the rules. Thanks for listening to the Maxim Institute podcast. 
If you'd like to hear more from us and keep up with the rest of our research and analysis of politics and policy in New Zealand, you can sign up on the homepage of our website to get our monthly forum email and invitations to future Maxim Institute events. You can search and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the team at Maxim, Mate wa, goodbye for now. <laughs> <laughs>